0: Order. Questions to the Prime Minister. Mr Jamie Reid.
1: Number one, Mr. Speaker. Prime M- Mr Speaker, before listing my engagements, I- I'm sure the whole House will wish to join me in sending our condolences to the families and friends of the five soldiers who have died in Afghanistan yesterday. Three soldiers from the Grenadier Guards and two soldiers from the Royal Military Police. The death of five brave soldiers in a single incident is a terrible and tragic loss. And I want to pay tribute, as the whole House will, to their professionalism and to their courage and service. Our thoughts must also be with the five additional members of our armed forces who have been seriously injured in the same incident yesterday. While evidence is now being assembled, it appears that they were targeted because they were engaged in what our enemies fear most. They were mentoring and strengthening Afghan forces to make Afghanistan more secure, and while we will step up and strengthen our security wherever we can, we will not stop doing what the Afghan Taliban fear most. The sacrifice of our military is great, and our resolve must match it. This morning, Mr Speaker, I have meetings with ministerial colleagues and others. In addition to my duties in the House, I shall have further such meetings today.
0: Mr Jamie Reid. I'm sure the whole House will associate themselves with the comments made by my right honourable friend Um, for those who have fallen in line of duty in Afghanistan. They do it not only on our behalf but on behalf of the people of Afghanistan. Many of my constituents have benefited from the Prime Minister's abolition of uh, prescription charges for cancer patients, and many more still welcome the Prime Minister's cast-iron guarantee to introduce one-week screening one-week screening for suspected cancer patients, but we need to do more. What more will this Government do to ensure that we end the postcode lottery and that we ensure that people, whatever their wealth, whatever they live, deserve and get the cancer medicines
1: they need? Mr Speaker, we will not only make promises to improve cancer care in the National Health Service, we will deliver on these uh, promises, and we will not only have a uh, two-week maximum uh, before people can see a consultant, but we will move to a one-week maxi- mod- one maximum before people can actually have the diagnostic tests they, they need. Uh, I-, I think, however, people should be warned ab- about the National Health Service. The Shadow Health Secretary said yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I- I to that today, Prime Minister, I don't think we need to go into that today, Mr. David Cameron. <laughs>
2: Thank you, Mr Speaker. Can I join the Prime Minister in paying tribute to the five brave servicemen who lost their lives, three from the Grenadier Guards and two from the Royal Military Police? We must honour their memories, we must care for their families, we must never forget their service. And Our thoughts and prayers, as the Prime Minister rightly said, should be with those who were, I understand, badly wounded in what was clearly a horrific incident Given it apparently included an Afghan police officer, it does raise some very worrying questions. Can the Prime Minister tell us what inquiries will be made and when we can expect to know more about what happened in this very disturbing incident?
1: Well, Mr Speaker, I'm grateful for uh, his uh, condolences to all those who were affected by this uh, terrible and tragic uh, incident. I I did say in my initial uh, comments uh, that evidence is now being assembled on what uh, happened in this uh, uh, terrible incident. Uh, that security uh, will be stepped up where that is uh, necessary. Uh, But we cannot uh, desist from the practice which is absolutely essential for the future of Afghanistan and the security of our country, and that is training and mentoring uh, the Afghan uh, forces. That means that our troops will be working with the Afghan police and the Afghan army, and of course we need to take all the necessary security measures, but it is an essential element of the whole coalition strategy that we train up the Afghan forces so that they themselves are able to take over the security of this country, and that we will continue to do. It is in line with the McChrystal report, it is in line with the statements that have been made by President Obama, NATO statements in the last uh, few days, uh, and what we have set out as our strategy for the future. So yes, we will step up security, but we must uh, not allow ourselves to give up what the Afghan Taliban fear most, and that is that we are of a strong Afghan security force that is Afghan base to be able to face them.
2: Mr. David Cameron. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Clearly, as the Prime Minister says, the training and mentoring is absolutely essential. Uh, I've seen it in Afghanistan for myself, and it's incredibly impressive, the work that's being done. But I think the public will be concerned, knowing as they do, that British soldiers, including military police, even as we speak, are living and working side by side with the Afghan National Police across Helmand. They'll want to know what immediate steps are being taken to make sure that we are safeguarding our forces after what happened yesterday. Today.
1: Right. As, as he knows, we have been working very closely with the Afghan army and with Afghan police uh, on, uh, for a number of uh, years. We are stepping up uh, the closeness of our operations. I, I myself visited a joint Afghan-British uh, uh, operation where both military police uh, and uh, army from Britain were working with Afghan soldiers and police forces. Obviously, we will review the security arrangements for this, uh, but I do repeat, it is an essential element of our strategy Uh, that we are not seen as an occupying army but working with the Afghan army themselves and we are seen to be training the Afghan forces so that they can take over responsibility for the country and while this has been a terrible and tragic incident I think all our commanders on the ground will want to maintain the strategy, which is to work with the Afghan forces so that one day they can take responsibility for the security of their country. Mr.
2: David Cameron. Mr. Speaker, everyone will agree with what the Prime Minister said about working with the police, but clearly the attack raises questions about the infiltration of the Afghan police by criminals, by drug dealers, by militants. In evidence to the Foreign Affairs Select Committee, the Afghan police was described as one of the most dysfunctional institutions in the country, with reports that the police were actively involved involved in criminal activities, including the drugs trade. Now, we all agree on a more focused and a more targeted mission in Afghanistan, and at the heart of that mission, as the Prime Minister has just said, is training Afghans to take more responsibility for their security. But given that, what more can he say about the efforts to clean up an organisation, the Afghan National Police, which is both essential to the
1: success of our strategy but seems to be still going so wrong? I have to say to him that uh, while we are assembling evidence, the Taliban have claimed responsibility for this uh, this incident. Uh, and so it may be that uh, the Taliban uh, have uh, used uh, an Afghan uh, police uh, member or they have infiltrated the Afghan police force, and that is what we've got to look at. But it is the Taliban that have claimed responsibility for this for this incident. There are about 98,000 police uh, in Afghanistan. Many of them have been moved from one part of Afghanistan to, to another. Uh, There is an issue about the training that we are addressing with a European effort to make sure that police are properly trained. We will have to increase the number of police, but it's clear we will have to increase the quality of police as well. And I would not want to draw conclusions about all the Afghan police from one single incident. What we know is that the Taliban have claimed responsibility for this.
2: Mr David Cameron. Clearly what the Prime Minister says is right, though he himself in the past has said that the Afghan police are not seen as a fair part of the Afghan state, and so progress does need to be made. Our armed forces will also need to have every confidence that there will be stronger economic, development and political effort going in behind them. Does the Prime Minister agree with me that it is perhaps time once again to return to the idea of a single, strong, coordinating figure, not just a United Nations figure, but someone who works right across the coalition, including the Afghan government, including NATO, to deliver this effort more effectively than anyone has done so far? Is it his understanding that this is being considered in Washington and should be part of the revised strategy that we hope President Obama and his team will announce shortly?
1: Yes, yes, we have been discussing this and the possibility that we could have a coordinator that worked more closely with the Afghan government and with the the allied uh, forces. But I have to say to him the first thing that we have to do is to make sure that this new government uh, led by President Karzai will adopt a set of policies uh, that will deal with the problems that have worried not just the international community but worried people in Afghanistan. The first is that he deals with corruption and whether it is appointing an anti-corruption commission or commissioners, He will have to do far more than has been done in recent years. And he will have to deal with the problem of the appointment of district and provincial governors uh, as well as appointments at the centre. He will have to show that his new cabinet is one that is free of the stains of corruption. And that he has promised to do, and that is something that we will be looking at in his inauguration address and in the measures he wants to bring forward. The next, as he rightly says, is ensuring economic and social improvement for the Afghan people, and that will need the coordination of uh, allied efforts and those of the Afghan government. But I do say that our efforts to move people from heroin to wheat production in Helmand have been successful. But the final element for the Afghan government is the training of Afghan forces. The only way we can look to a future where the numbers of our forces can come down and still have security in Afghanistan is that an Afghan army particularly is ready to take on the responsibility. David
2: Cameron. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. On a day when we hear the news of such an appalling incident in Afghanistan, it is not a day for obsessing about the internal workings of Parliament and the House of Commons but isn't it important today that we do accept in full Sir Christopher Kelly's report? Does the Prime Minister agree with me that in accepting this report today should mark an important day, a day when we say that from now and into the future Members of Parliament should not vote on our pay, our expenses, our pensions, our terms of service, our resettlement uh, or our expenses packages? Isn't that an essential part of restoring faith in Parliament, in politics, and in this House of Commons that all of us care about.
1: Mr Speaker, people want to know that the system in future will be different. It will be open, it will be transparent, it will be fair, it will not be managed by MPs themselves but managed by an independent body that will take responsibility for it. Uh, And that is why it is right to refer the Kelly Report for action and implementation Not by ourselves, but by the Independent Parliamentary Standards Authority. That is the recommendation of the Kelly Report, and that is what we should do. The vast majority of MPs are trying to do a decent job on behalf of their whole communities. At the same time, we must make sure that the public trust in the institution of Parliament is restored, uh, and that is why we should accept the Kelly recommendations and make sure they are implemented as quickly as possible. Mr David Blunkett.
0: The Prime Minister, tell the House what he thinks of the credibility of a party leader who has spent so much time and energy attacking my right honourable friend over the Lisbon Treaty, only to reveal now that his cast-iron cast iron guarantee has turned out to be made of plywood.
2: <laughs> or order,
0: or order, or order. Can I ask the Prime Minister to focus
1: his response on the policy of the government rather than that of the opposition? The Prime Minister. Yes, Mr Speaker. The, the government will work will work in concert with the other 26 countries of the European Union. We will work with them on the same policies to bring about economic recovery. We will work with them on the same policies to bring down unemployment in our country, and we will work for greater international coordination, and we will not make iron cast guarantees that are broken. That
0: right honourable gentleman has got a right to be heard, and I want to hear him. Mr Nick Clegg. Mr Speaker, can I first first say that after a shameful year for this Parliament, I agree that Sir Christopher Kelly's report finally gives us the opportunity to start restoring people's trust in the work of MPs here, and that is why we must implement it, and implement it in full, without any further delay. I want to add my expressions of sympathy and condolence to the family and friends of the three soldiers from the Grenadier Guards and the two from the Royal Military Police who tragically lost their lives yesterday afternoon and the five who were seriously injured. I think people will be seriously shocked to the core that they have been working selflessly for the Afghan people and were killed by someone who they thought they could trust. Mr Speaker, the truth is that without a legitimate and inclusive government in Kabul, Without a new, coherent international plan for Afghanistan, it will be increasingly difficult for our brave soldiers to do the job in Afghanistan that we're asking them to do. So could he tell me, in his conversations with President Karzai, how much time is he giving him to clean up his government? And what measures will he take if President Karzai fails to act?
1: (laughs) Mr Speaker, uh, President Karzai said yesterday at his press conference Uh, that he was going to uh, operate a policy where there would be a clean-up of politics uh, in Afghanistan. We will now have to test him by his words. Uh, I think the first thing he can do is, in his inauguration address, signal the changes that he will make in the way he runs uh, central government, in the way he appoints uh, governors, uh, and the way he deals with the problems of corruption, particularly corruption relating to heroin and drugs. It is now for President Karzai to show the international community that his government can have credibility because of the actions that he is prepared to take.
2: Mr Nick Clegg.
0: I am grateful for those words, but he needs to be more precise. Could I ask him again? Oh no, He needs to to acknowledge first that our mission in Afghanistan is in trouble because we do not have a legitimate government in Kabul and we do not have a coherent international plan for Afghanistan. So I ask him again, what exactly will he do? if the legitimate and inclusive government we so desperately need in Kabul does not emerge?
1: Mr Speaker, I have already made it clear that the additional troops that we are prepared to make available to Afghanistan are conditional on three things. First is that the Afghan government can show that it is willing to take the action that is necessary uh, to gain the the trust of the people of the country and make, make for the security of the people of the country. The second thing is that, of course, uh, the Americans and our coalition partners are prepared to engage in burden-sharing. And the third thing is that the President Karzai and his government are prepared to make available Afghan forces to Helmand uh, so that we can train Afghan forces for the future. So we have made very clear what our conditions are for the future. I hope he will agree that these are necessary conditions, but of course these conditions include the improvement in governance, both local and national, uh, in Afghanistan itself.
0: Mr David Winnick. A tribute to the bravery of our soldiers. Uh, Is a country entitled, Mr Speaker, to know how long British military personnel will uh, be in yeah, Afghanistan yeah, yeah. and can this war be won?
1: Exactly. I, I, I've said before that uh, as we train Afghan uh, security forces to get them to take over the tasks and the responsibilities of Afghanistan, and I'm saying what President Obama and the other leaders have said, then we will be able uh, gradually uh, to bring our forces home. The measure of success in Afghanistan will be that British forces can come home because Afghan forces are able to deal with the security problems of the country themselves. And that is what our strategy is about, is to build up the Afghan army and security forces, is to build up economic prosperity for the Afghan people, and it's to make sure that the structures of local as well as national government reflect the will of the people.
0: Tom Brake. The Government have today slashed the money that is available to pay for the Freedom Pass in London. What is the Prime Minister's estimate of the Council tax increase that will be needed to pay for this financial shortfall?
1: There is is no government that has done more to provide help for transport, both in London and in the rest of the country. And he should know that the National Concessionary Pensioner Affair that we've introduced is not just for London, but for the whole of the country. This government has supported public transport, whether it be by rail or by road, and done more than any other government for 50 years. Dr. Brian Eden,
0: why have uh, countries like ours with good relations with Israel, allowed the blockade on Gaza to continue for so long, uh, which is denying Gazans of the essentials for life, including reconstruction materials, and denying them uh, a a good living throughout this very cold winter.
1: I I talked to uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu a few days ago, and I made it clear that not only the policy of Britain but the will of the international community is to make sure that supplies can enter Gaza so that the Palestinian people there can be uh, uh, sure that they will have a winter where shortages do not exist. Uh, That is the will of the international community, is what we are urging Israel to do and I believe that while the Israelis are right to be worried about security and worried about terrorism, Uh, there is also a humanitarian duty to make sure that the people of Gaza are fed. Andrew Turner.
0: Mr Mr. Speaker, island prisoners must be guarded when they need health care outside prison. By the end of this year, the local health budget will have been exceeded by over £1 million. That could pay for an extra 15 nurses. Will he ensure that this equity is corrected urgently?
1: Prime Minister. Mr. Mr. Speaker, I understand him asking for more resources for the health service in his area, but I have to say to him, we are spending more on the national health service than ever before, and where there are issues arise, where there issues arise from the treatment of prisoners, we will deal with them.
0: Mr. Ronnie Campbell,
1: uh,
0: the Prime Minister, when he was Chancellor of the Exchequer, brought in the tax family credit, the work and tax credit and the pensioner tax credit. Can the Prime Minister now, while well it is popular, give me a cast iron yes. guarantee that this benefit will not be cut or means-tested,
1: unlike the party opposite, who
2: will put yes. it to shreds?
1: Well, Mr Speaker, we, we have made promises that we will create a tax credit, and we have delivered on that promise. Uh, when we have made a commitment, we have actually done what we have said we will do, and where and where, 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 we have made promises, we will continue to deliver on them, unlike some other people. Yeah. Sir Alan beast
0: uh, yeah. Mr Speaker, is the Prime Minister aware that several police authorities, including Northumbria, are using Home Office guidance as a basis for cutting the pensions of police officers who have been forced to retire early when they have been seriously injured on duty and on the principle that we should stand by those who risk their lives and face serious injury protecting us, whether in the armed forces or in the police. Will he take a personal interest in this and investigate it?
1: I I shall obviously look at at this uh, uh, matter. When when police uh, uh, men or women retire, they receive uh, the the pension. I see no reason why uh, their pension entitlement uh, should be broken, if it is indeed an entitlement, and I shall look at what he says. Dr Phyllis Starkey. Um,
0: Last Friday... The Youth Parliament met to debate in this chamber, and and the MYT for Milton Keynes, Sean Barnes, spoke strongly. In favour of votes at 16 and helped persuade the Youth Parliament to make it their top pri- campaigning priority. Will the Prime Minister respond to that clearly expressed demand by the democratically elected Youth Parliament and make sure that his government implements a reduction in voting age and an extension of full democratic rights to 16 year olds? <laughs>
1: Uh, m- m- Mr Speaker, I, I think uh, bringing uh, the Youth Parliament uh, to this-, this House was a tremendous innovation. Yeah. I-, I think we should be very uh, proud of it. And while I don't always agree with your rulings, Mr Speaker, I think uh, your innovation in doing this uh, was something that was very important. I personally... I, I-, 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 I, um, I-, I personally... I, I personally... I personally favour uh, uh, giving young people the vote at 16. This is a matter which we should consult on widely with the public uh, and then we should make a decision.
0: Rob Russell. Colchester is the fastest-growing borough in the country. Despite this, the Tory-controlled Essex County Council is planning to shut two of the town's seven secondary schools. It is now known that the Council massaged the figures of projected numbers. Would the Prime Minister therefore agree that the reorganisation proposal should be investigated by the Office of the Schools Adjudicator, particularly since Essex County Council gave false information to the Department of Children, Schools and Families.
1: Mr Speaker, I shall look at it. Was it not the Leader of the Opposition who said that if you want to know what a Conservative Government will look like, look at the Tory councils? and his Tory Council proves the point?
2: strides in getting and keeping disabled people in work. Um, What is my right hon. Friend's reaction to the news that the Glencraft factory in my constituency could be forced out of business by the lack of
0: support from the SNP Liberal Council? If the the factory is to close, this would mean that over 30 disabled people in Aberdeen would be losing their jobs.
1: when there was a Labour Council, Glencraft got a huge amount of support from the Council. Uh, I have heard that the grants are being cut by the SNP Liberal Administration uh, in the area. We will look at what we can do, but it is clearly important in a recession to help those people who are most, uh, most in need of support and that includes disabled members of our community. David Davis, Mr Speaker, does the
0: Prime Minister agree with me that the Ministry of Defence should publish regular figures showing the number of soldiers who have lost limbs or suffered other life-changing injuries in Afghanistan? And if he does agree, will he let me have those figures by the end of the week?
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Mr Speaker, we we give as much uh, information as possible on what is happening in Afghanistan. We have 9,000 troops uh, there, Uh, We report to the House whenever there has been fatalities. I have reported today also that there have been five soldiers seriously injured. Many of them will end up at Selly Oak in Birmingham for the best treatment that they could receive. And, of course, I am happy to give as much information as possible, consistent with uh, what the Chief of the Defence Staff advises. Liz Blackman.
0: Thank you, Mr Speaker. Derbyshire firm Baltex, based in my constituency, makes technical textiles (coughs) and has twice received the Queen's Award for Industry. Amongst its products, it reinforces hoses that go into new cars. They tell me this particular line, sales of which have soared since the inception of the Scrappage Scheme. What assessment has he made of the Scrappage Scheme in terms of jobs and sales UK-wide?
1: Yeah. Mr. Speaker, The, the, the Car Scrappage Scheme, which was disi- dismissed by so many people, has been a great success. So too has the help that we are giving to small businesses and now 200,000 or more small businesses have received cash flow help from the Treasury. We have taken action to help businesses keep on uh, employees and to train employees during this difficult recession. None of that would have been possible without the fiscal support we were prepared to give, and that is the difference between ourselves and the Conservative opposition. Mr
2: Angus Robertson. 14 service personnel died aboard Nimrod XV230, the Ministry of Defence accepted responsibility and said that compensation would be expedited. Three years on, compensation has not been resolved. Don't these service families deserve better?
1: Yes, Mr. Mr Speaker, we, we have just had the, the, the final report and the, the Government uh, and all those uh, responsible for the mistakes that were made in Minro, Nimrod uh, have, uh, have apologised. Uh, I shall look exactly at the point that he has he raised now that the report uh, has finalised the issues surrounding Nimrod and I will write to him. Stephen Pound.
2: Thank you Mr Speaker. Oh, yeah, yeah. The um, honourable and gallant gentleman, the member for Newark and I may form an unlikely combination. But
1: true. We, well, are a, we are as one in
2: endorsing the call made by the Greenford branch of the Royal British Legion for reserved seats at Prime Minister's question times <coughs> for members of the armed forces. Would the Prime Minister agree to make representations to the Sergeant in order that we can achieve this? Yes.
1: Well, Mr Speaker, we do want to, to recognise the commitment of our armed forces and in a number of different uh, parts of our society special arrangements are made uh, and this is an interesting uh, proposal that's been made on an all-party basis and I'm sure the Sergeant of Arms uh, and the Speaker will want to, to look at it. It seems something that we can uh, support but we will have to have consultations with all the different forces in the House.
0: Does the Prime Minister remember promising that Rosyth would not become a nuclear graveyard? Fifteen years later not only is the There are seven nuclear submarines still rotting in the Dockyard, but the Prime Minister is also considering the Dockyard as a permanent location for these submarines. When will he live up to his promise?
1: Mr Speaker, no decision has been taken on this. I have to remind him that Resythe Dockyard is working as a result of the actions that we have taken. Uh, The aircraft carriers are coming to Resythe to be built as a result of a decision that we have made. Uh, and if other parties had been in power, then there would be no Recife Dockyard at all. We have taken the action that is necessary. Heron Buck.
0: Mr. Speaker, with quality childcare being essential both to allow parents to work and for child development, and given the huge investment the Government has made in the national childcare strategy over the years, can my right hon. Friend help me understand why some local councils, like Kensington and Chelsea, are proposing to close their nursery schools, and what can we do to block this retrograde step? Yeah.
1: M- Mr. Speaker, uh, I hesitate to use the, the words uh, iron cast guarantees, but we have provided. We have. We, we, uh, uh, the, the words have become so devalued uh, over the last few days. But, 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 be, be, People will not uh, forget that he also made on Monday an Iron Cast guarantee to the National Health Service. And so people will remember that as well. And I have to say on nursery education, on nursery education, we are determined to ensure that three and four-year-olds have the best nursery education possible. We've increased the number of hours for uh, nursery school and we will continue to make sure that Sure Start provision is available in every constituency. Paul Rowan Thank you Mr Speaker. The Prime Minister promised in June that there will be a statement on the restoration of compensation for victims of plural plaques. Can he tell us why we have not yet received it and it is now November? Mr Speaker, we are are meeting uh, the members of Parliament who have raised this issue with us and we will come back to the House with a statement on exactly that.
0: Paul Flynn does the Prime Minister still have full confidence that the Afghan army and police will be prepared to lay down their own lives and to slaughter those of their brother Afghans in the service of foreign powers and of the service of a president who
1: is corrupt and who has just rigged his own re-election? Uh, Mr Speaker, the members of the Afghan uh, army Uh, want a safe and secure Afghanistan, as do most of the people in Afghanistan. Uh, And the members of the Afghan army who have been working with uh, the uh, British Army on Operation Panther's Claw are members who were sent uh, by President Karzai in increasing numbers uh, to back up the work of the British forces. We want to work with the Afghan army and security service. We want to train them and we want to mentor them. And I have heard our chiefs uh, talking about the quality in the main of Afghan army uh, members and it's something that we want to continue to increase and strengthen over the months to come. Mr Ian Taylor. As a former science minister myself, I'm well aware that scientific advice can be politically inconvenient. But would the Prime Minister reassure the scientific community that when disagreements happen, he will engage in rational debate rather than shooting the messenger? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr Speaker, uh, scientific advice is, is, is valued by the Government in every area. and On climate change, uh, on the foot and mouth, uh, on dealing with uh, swine flu, on uh, nuclear uh, matters, as well as on drugs, we have uh, very good scientists who have been advising us on these issues, from the Drugs Advisory Committee, we accepted all but three of more than 30 recommendations. The issue was not uh, the ability of the committee to give advice uh, or the expertise of the members. The issue is that once ministers have had to decide a position, after listening to the advice on a wider range of social issues than simply the scientific advice, it does not make sense to send out mixed messages to the whole of the community about drugs, and that's why the Home Secretary made his decision.